0: Use the Live long and prosper.
1: <laughs> I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By grab Thar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Until he's coming. You're <laughs> a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. <laughs> my whole crummy frog here. ties are cool. So say we all. This is... Is it's a play on nerds.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 85 of a play on nerds. As always, I'm one of the co-hosts, Steve. This other guy is Jarman. And
1: we're here to co-host the hell out of this. <laughs> it's going to be a good one this week. Uh, we're covering Stranger Things season two later on in the feature. That's exciting. right. We all we all
0: waited an entire year to see what the gang is up to, and we finally have been fed. and It's time to digest all of it and see what we crap out.
1: And it will be full of spoilers. But for right now, you have a lot of time until we get to the features, so you won't be spoiled until then. Yeah, and we have give a nice
0: full, full dense episode for you. It's gonna yeah. be. Yeah, it's gonna. You so haven't one. watched
1: it yet? That's fine. But you can come back and listen to this later when you have watched it.
0: There'll still be plenty of other stuff. We're still here for you. We love it. Absolutely.
1: We got nerdy news and trailers. We got all
0: the the things. Our usual crap. (laughs) But in the meantime, Jarman, what have you been up to since the last time we recorded?
1: A while back, I think we had uh, Sean Vanderloo from the Russell Robot podcast and maybe someone else saying that we should later talk about movies we saw that we review the trailers of and see how I've de- they compare. I've,
0: I've actually seen a few and some of them are the more obscure ones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I usually forget like by the time I see it, cause it's so long. Uh, but I saw Geostorm. Oh, <laughs> Geostorm. Yeah. Oh, so, how was
0: that pile of crap?
1: <laughs> it was just that. It was a pile of crap. Good. And uh, But to be expected. But it was there were their typical disaster movie fun moments. I
0: think I kind of was, if I remember my review, I was kind of rooting for that one. Because I do like a good disaster film.
1: Yeah. And there were some good points in it. And it's just, it was odd because it had, um, what's his face? Gerard Butler and the guy from Once, like the Irish dude. Two, oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 two guys from the UK playing New York American dudes. It's like why couldn't they just find an American to play either of these parts? Why couldn't they just make it a British guy or make him British? Like make, let him be Scottish. It did not need to. Yeah, who cares? It's a global film. It's all about the whole world coming you together cast, to these things. You
0: cast this international actor because you liked this person. Why do you want them to not be them? I don't get it.
1: I don't but, understand. Uh, there was it was pretty bad acting, but uh, and bad script writing, but it was giant explosions but i was sitting there with watching it with the girlfriend and like halfway through she's like there have been, there have been zero geostorms yet and i'm pissed off <laughs> i was promised a certain amount of geostorms and there have thus far been not enough and there was basically like just hacking for the first like half of the movie and no explosions or things blowing up so that was upsetting
0: well that's what i want to see gerard butler do do intense <laughs> computer work
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like they try to play him off as this like hacker and, and or you know, really intelligent scientist. And it's like he's, he's bulging out of his clothes with muscles. And it's like, what the hell? Like cast someone else. This is stupid. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but anyway, maybe
0: this is maybe this is Gerard trying to make his graceful turn into like not being a super action hero. And it just yeah, maybe he wants well. to stop
1: going to the gym or something. You know, yeah. that's what um Russell Crowe did that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to eat sandwiches and be myself. <laughs> good for him. You know, that's what I say. But uh, then I counteracted that with seeing Thor Ragnarok, which was just as good as the hype. It was fantastic, fun and amazing. Oh, yeah.
0: I, a stork maybe gave me a sampling.
1: Gotcha. And I did enjoy it. Yeah, and it's a Taika Waititi director. He does amazing work. So And he plays one of the characters. Did he? Who did he play? Yeah, he played the rock guy. That's right. Yeah, very recognizable New Zealand accent and he's Very a, recognizable, that yeah. That movie What We Do in the Shadows about vampires that he made was one of the finest movies I've ever seen. So And
0: he's definitely. started he's confirmed that like one of his next projects is the sequel to What We Do in the Shadows. Nice. And it's we're, Werewolves. wolves werewolves werewolves
1: uh very excited we're not curse wolves we're werewolves <laughs> werewolves not swearwolves. Swear wolves that's what it was <laughs> so what are you been up to
0: uh so my parents came to visit i think we were bracing ourselves before and my parents came and we had a lovely visit uh we went to we did a lot of things most of the time we just spent of them watching the kid just do her thing right she is just entertainment for hours especially the two grandparents that don't get to see her all the time. Uh, but we got to see the, uh, San Jose children's discovery museum, mm-hmm. which the bulk of is still a little age inappropriate for Joyce. Like she's not quite old enough. Maybe like five uh, year olds. Uh, yeah, well, maybe even three or four. There's a lot of gotcha. hands on stuff that she just can't take direction yet. She's not at that level yet. Right. Um, but upstairs there was this room, I don't know, the caterpillar room or something. Uh, And it was it's a room that's like no school groups, no kids older than four parents have to accompany. So it's like if you want a quiet, well-behaved time at the Discovery Museum, this is the room for you. Nice. Uh, So we took Joyce in and then even with it was a much quieter, many more things she could interact with Not as many kids around. Uh, And then in the back of this room was another smaller room, uh, which was a small kind of play discover space for new walkers. Oh, specifically. So then exactly she went in she there. Right, right, right. And so it had all these little like steps and bumps and valleys and grandpa and grandma went in there and just had a blast with her for probably 30 or 40 minutes.
1: I remember I went to a kid's museum with my little niece when she was probably about two years old. And it was like one of my worst nightmares. It's a place filled with just children, children, in children with germs, touching everything because I, I don't mind kids that much, but germs just freak me out. And the kids are so gross with germs. So it's like this place is infested. I don't want to touch anything. Uh, and then the other big highlights are we had a, a family, a little family uh,
0: birthday party for Joyce because oh, we nice. held off until my parents could be in town. When was her birthday? Uh, her birthday is September 10th. Oh, OK. So it was a while back. Yeah. And my parents, my mom and dad were supposed to come out and be out here for it. And then my mom had an accident and it broke her leg a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. She's recovering. She's up. She's she's walking. She's doing great. She's probably listening to this. You're doing great, mom. Uh, um, but, uh, so they had to delay. Gotcha. And so because of that we said, you know, we'll just wait and we can do the birthday when, when you guys come
1: out. I saw pictures. Well, you guys had a good time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the last big thing is we went to a half moon Bay, which is one of the beaches mm. here. Uh, and, uh, we got to take Joyce. She got to be at the beach for the first time and both Joyce and I touched the Pacific for the first time together. You, you hadn't been in the water this whole time. No. When do I go to the beach? (laughs) I don't know. Never. That's the answer. Never. How long have you lived there? Three, almost three years. (laughs) That's impressive. Well, I'm glad you touched it together. Uh, But Joyce, 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 love the beach. I think she's going to be mom's little beach baby that she'll take on trips.
1: I I forget that your mom listened to this show. That's terrible. The things I said on here. Oh, the things we've both said on here. (laughs) I'm going to be censoring myself now. No, don't. Don't. <laughs> that it won't be entertaining for anyone. That's right. That's how we know. We, if we keep offending my
0: mom, we know we're doing it right. <laughs> she's not easily offended. <laughs> no,
1: no, she's I not. Don't, I don't think so anyway.
0: No. All right. Well, uh, well good. And that, that leads us into, I believe, some nerdy news. Nerdy news.
1: It's time for nerdy news. So, I've got one with a name. I'm naming it Biff Tannen is at it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Timely Back to the Future reference. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, I'm not referring to Donald Trump, surprisingly. Uh, But in a different way, uh, there's a strange uh, Eastern European gambler who bet on six of the seven World Series games, and he won all of his bets. He made over $14 million. And he was becoming so popular that he showed up one place to, p- to set his bet for the game. I'm not sure he's not just betting on who wins, but like, you know, averages and like who how many point, points they're going to get point spreads and that kind right. of stuff. And his he was betting so far against the odds. People thought he was crazy, but he started winning each game. So eventually they saw him get in a line. They all got in a line trying to see what he was going to bet for. And everyone else wanted to bet for the same thing. So it's almost like he saw he was getting too much attention so he didn't bet on the last game at all. He didn't show up. He just kept his 14 million dollars that he made and moved on. But someone did some research and he apparently has shown up pretty recently in the betting arena, but he um bet on some UFC fights and also won every single one of his bets. Hmm. So people are <laughs> thinking time traveler with the gray sports almanac or maybe he's part of some he's a representative of some kind of corporation that has a new algorithm or something. Um, Yeah, because once they saw that he was getting too much attention, he just disappears and he comes back when he's, uh, you know, able to do it again. It's just really kind of weird. And I wish I knew what he knew. Yeah, me too. Well, enjoy your 14 million dollars, (laughs) buddy. Yeah. However, however the hell you
0: did it. And you're flying DeLorean. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So
1: Biff Tannen is ahead again.
0: All right. Well, uh, my clever name this week, I've got two stories. This name only applies to one of them, but I'm not always a miracle worker, uh, <laughs> is you are what you tweet. Uh, so uh, this group of scientists have come up with this algorithm that can predict whether a Twitter user within a certain margin uh, is suffering from depression Oh, geez. or PTSD. So what they did is they took this, this study of this group of people that were diagnosed with depression and were active Twitter users, and they analyzed all their tweets and basically picked out keywords over time. Uh, and looked for negative words. So hate, dislike, pain, you know, like all these kind of trigger words. And then looked for emotionally positive words. Right. Happy, smile. Yeah. And then weighed them out. And then within with the depression, they didn't uh, mind. you. It was pretty small. to say they had a pretty good chance of guessing somewhere in, the, I think, like 70 percent. It said a uh, chance of guessing whether they're suffering from depression or not. Uh, and in the PTSD one, even though it was a smaller group. Uh, they had a 90% success rate. Wow. In just through identifying words and, and people that posted uh, what they're suffering from.
1: you would think PTSD would be more difficult because it's more subtle, I would think, with behavior as far as how they actually act openly.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, you are what you tweet. <laughs> and the other one is just this crazy number that came out. And I just had to say is that um, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, has become the first franchise in history. To cross $5 billion at the North American box office. Jeez. Uh,
1: yeah, it's in crazy. And it's funny cause I think they purchased, um, Disney purchased Lucasfilm and all of LucasArts and everything for $5 billion. Uh, huh. but I mean the Star Wars films are going to make that much money alone and they, they make so much money. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um,
0: But yeah, another crazy number is that uh, MCU actually passed 10 billion worldwide box office back in May of 2016. Wow. And then it's got some comparison numbers just to give you an idea. So the Star Wars franchise uh, has uh, domestically, so this is US, has only made 3.3 billion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Harry Potter, 2.6 billion. All the Batman movies, all of them, all the way up through the Lego Batman movie. $2.4 Two point four billion dollars. Wow. James Bond at two point one billion. Pretty good. And then in the last place, this kind of tricked me. Disney's live action reimaginings already at two billion.
1: Wow. They're huge in China for some reason.
0: It is insane, and they've only made a hint. They've only made a few of them, right? Is that U.S. still, or is that worldwide? Oh, that's that's U.S. Oh wow. Because I thought they weren't very popular here, but huge in China mine they're huge here. They're probably huger in China.
1: They've done Cinderella, Beauty and the
0: Beast. What else? Beauty and the Beast, Peach Dragon. Right. And they're doing Lion King soon. Lion King. Um. There was another. I just had it in my head.
1: There was another one. The Jungle Book. Jungle Book. Jungle Book. There it was. It's like they're not really live action. It's a bunch of CGI animals. But and but I do think it's interesting
0: that that this article is considering them their own like franchise. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was just a crazy, a crazy dollar amount that I just had to
1: mention. It was just obscene. So Disney owns three of those franchises that are up on those that list you just mentioned. Oh yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh yeah, they're so
0: rich. They are so rich. Oh my god, I don't. I don't. Even, let's stop talking about it. It's just gonna make us mad. Can
1: I just have one of their millions of dollars? Yeah, I have, don't even need one. Like, I, yeah, just one. That's all I need. That's nothing to them. It's yeah. like taking a crap. Yeah. <laughs> Flushing it down the toilet. Don't even care about it. If I let one of you shit on me, can I
0: have a million dollars? Anyways, yes, yeah, so that's some good news. <laughs> Alright, well yeah, good new news. I think that leads us into a bit that Jarman is bringing back from way back from from the way back machine in the history of Play on Nerds. And I'm excited to see it back in action. This is our paranormal
1: segment, which we like to call preternatural penetration. That's right. It's not as gross as it sounds. Jarman, why don't you remind our listeners who, or maybe listeners who just haven't been with us that long, what the heck this is all about. It's where we penetrate the supernatural, the paranormal, the preternatural. And we delve deep into one topic of paranormal activity or a history or story from back in the day that's very popular in the paranormal field. And today we're going to talk about something related to Stranger Things called the Montauk Project. Ooh, okay. conspiracy theory nerds out there and sci-fi geeks might already know what this is, but they um, supposedly uh, based a lot of Stranger Things uh, paranormal ideas off the Montauk Project conspiracies and the books that came about from them. Uh, so it all started way back <laughs> in 1980s. So basically, that's why it's also was set in the 1980s, because that's when these took place. Um, this guy named Preston Nichols, he was born in 1946, and he claims to have degrees in parapsychology, psychology, and electrical engineering, but that's not confirmed. He wrote a book called The Montauk Project Experiments in Time in 1982, where he apparently realized he had repressed memories of working on experiments in Camp Hero State Park in Montauk, New Jersey. Uh, okay. This government facility where they would experiment on children uh, having to do with psychic warfare for the government. And this goes all the way back, according to them, and this other guy named Al Beniek, who says that he was part of the Philadelphia Experiment. Now, you, have you heard of that? No. They made a movie about it in the 80s as well. I, um, I thought so. Right. But it's it's based off this story that we cannot be confirmed, but... People believe that this uh, giant ship back in World War II, uh, they were experimenting with technology to make it invisible to radar, and something went wrong, and the ship just disappeared. And apparently, they're claim that it showed up again in 1983 in Montauk, New Jersey, in Camp Hero, uh, because of the experiments they were doing there. So, with time and space, it just kind of sucked this vehicle from the 40s right to the 80s. Uh, It's all really weird and out there. Wow. (laughs) So... The big thing that kind of transfers over to Stranger Things is the Montauk chair, which apparently was this chair that they would use at this facility to amplify people that they found who already had psychic ability. And so with this chair, they could amplify it enough where they could manifest objects just by thinking about them, which is pretty cool. Okay. And eventually they had the Montauk boys, which apparently all these abducted boys throughout the town who would just disappear around this camp. And they would take them and... Try to amplify their psychic powers. Um, and eventually they're able to make portals very precisely to different places and different times wherever the government wanted them, even as far as Mars, apparently. Wow. Uh, one guy even has a picture that he claims is, is him as a boy at uh, the Gettysburg Address. Okay. Like, and so you see this picture online. He's like, that's me in the picture. And like, there's no way to confirm that's actually him. <laughs> but yeah, 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 He claims that it is. Uh, and the coolest part is that apparently. This one boy who was the best at it, Duncan, who later on is this Beniac guy, uh, he says he couldn't take it anymore. So he got together with the other boys in the chair and they focused their energies and produced this monster out of the, you know, their subconscious. And they made this hairy monster, this big, hairy, hungry and nasty monster and to fight off everybody so they could get out of there. And that's kind of what they made into that. The um, the monster in Stranger Things, was it called the uh,
0: um, I don't know what they called it this season. Well, well, the it, death, what, these, oh, the Demidogs. De- Demogorgon, or yeah. Demogorgon, yeah.
1: But yeah, that's kind of what they're saying. The Demogorgon comes from this other place, and that's kind of like what they did in Montauk, is they focused their energies and created this creature. But uh, this all goes to two people saying this is what happened. And there's no real evidence besides people saying you can hear screams in, near camp uh, hero out there, and there's just weird stuff always happens around there, UFO sightings. Uh, they think there's underground tunnels with aliens in them and stuff. So it's just a really weird area, and people talk about it all the time. And so they made a show. They're originally going to call uh, Stranger Things Montauk, uh, uh, but they kind of debranded it and made it their own thing, which I think is great, and called it Stranger Things, and that's what we have now. Okay, so that's our preternatural penetration. What do you think about that story? Uh, <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. I think that it's easy. For one strange thing to happen in a region, or maybe even two strange things, and for suddenly the entire region to be cloaked in mythos. Right. And then it becomes any time even something remotely interesting happening. Suddenly it's a big deal. There's something to attribute it to, and it just
1: builds and builds and builds until it,
0: it, it becomes its own creature
1: yeah because as soon as this guy came forward and said, "My memories are coming back, I used to work at this place, a bunch of other people suddenly came forward and said, Oh, mine too, you know so right they could just be making all that up as well yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and the thing is is that this this obviously got this guy a bunch of attention from what I can see it looks like yeah their like big, three or four big documentary was just made and then and then of course, stranger things is paying how much to them um you know I think it'd be easy to suddenly think that or feel like this is real. Or suddenly, for this area, for anything strange to be attributed to aliens or time travel or physics or whatever the hell. I
1: mean, unfortunate thing is the government has actually been documented to do psychic tests and that kind of thing for a long time. They had oh, a project, yeah. Uh, there was like
0: one a- where they're g- giving people a psychedelic
1: drugs to see if it unlocked the mind and giving right. patients' LSD. And-, and they have a whole paperwork showing that they really did remote viewing tests and that kind of thing. Like, that's a real thing that actually happened. And there's that movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, which is all about that, which is a really funny movie, actually. Um, So they actually did do weird things like this before. So it makes it like, well, did they actually have this too? You never know. So, or maybe they had something there like that, but then it grew out of proportion and it, it blew up and it was not actually paranormal in any way. So,
0: right. And the other thing is, is that, you know, from the government's perspective, for all we know, there could have been something there. For all we know, that maybe there they found a uranium mine, the only uranium mine in North America. Right. So they build a base around it, and then suddenly, yeah, it's weird that the military's there. It's weird their presence. They're bringing in all sorts of crazy equipment. Locals are building this thing, but it's easier to let locals believe all this bullshit. Oh yeah, than ever reveal that you're that they're pulling out all the uranium that's in the n- North America. Yeah, they, I think I think that is far more likely.
1: Like there's actually a guy in the UFO community who is you um, questionable as well. But he they, we found out later on that they actually did do this where he was thought he was seeing UFOs and strange craft doing things, um, but he didn't want to believe they're UFOs. So he's like the government's making some weird vehicles out there. and They're doing some crazy stuff. And so what they did was they somehow made him. Go and he actually went clinically insane because they kept feeding him stories and had calling him in the middle of the night, having men in black visit him, telling him, Don't talk about UFOs, and having uh agents go and pretend they were people saying, You're right, there are aliens out there, I saw them myself because they're trying to make him talk about aliens instead of talking about their actual technology.
0: Right, I think that's was, far like, easier for the government, then,
1: right? And he was telling uh. People how these craft were moving and how they were being propelled, propulsed, or whatever. So, like, they didn't want him talking about that publicly for the Russians. So they basically made him go insane by making him. Everyone think he's crazy talking about UFOs all. the time. Yeah. So that really happened, which is terrible.
0: So if anything, I would say then conspiracy theorists are actually hurting the actual
1: conspiracy. Yeah, because there's something real there. But you're making it look stupid. <laughs> right.
0: What could be a real investigation is you looking for aliens when you should be looking for government corruption. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Or just government trying to, like, you know, do their thing that to protect us. But then at the same you're trying to expose them by talking about their craft, then they're going to be a little pissed off. But there's aliens out there. Obviously. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Right, well,
0: good. That was, that was thank you for bringing back that bit. pre
1: penetration. I feel like
0: the last time we did that was probably in, somewhere in the episode 30s, somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. Pretty early on,
1: a few years back. So, like 50 episodes ago. Well, usually it's I'm. I'm hit by such ridicule for these stories. <laughs> well, that was the whole point, though, was, that it was you tell
0: me a ghost story and I tell you it's bullshit. That was really—I'm pretty sure that was how we we actually wrote that one out the first
1: time we did it. Whereas this one, it could be something to it. You never know. Oh yeah,
0: I believe the government gets all up to all sorts of shady stuff, but I also <laughs> believe that it's easy, as I said, to snowball and become a big thing out of nothing.
1: There probably aren't monsters in time portals,
0: but that's right. There are probably not monsters in time portals, but there is on stranger things. So Stranger Things uh, starts with them getting ready to go to the arcade, mm-hmm. a, a something from our youth. I remember going to a couple arcades with you over the years. And so because of that, I've got some arcade kind of fun facts and trivia to throw at you to get everyone in the 80s mindset. Yeah. And get everyone to be an excited middle school boy stealing from their sister's piggy bank for quarters.
1: And Steve and I would just drive, ride our bikes down the bike trail to go to the mall to go to the arcade that was our yeah. big thing we like to do it was great it's oh like yeah a three mile bike ride
0: <laughs> oh yeah i remember us riding in the florida heat like three and a half miles now mind you it was a really nice enclosed bike trail yeah it's beautiful
1: no cars it only crossed a handful of intersections the whole way and we get there play some arcade and then we would get the food court sparrow gives us like a slice of pizza or something it or they great. had
0: two movie theaters there maybe go catch a movie those and then the hop days. on your bike and get home before dark because it was Florida and the sun doesn't go down till 10. And then play video games until you fall asleep. That's right. That was life. Uh, <laughs> that, that was life. <laughs> um, all right. So the uh, first ever commercially available coin-operated arcade game uh, came out in 1971, and it was not Pong. It is Computer
1: Space. Computer Space.
0: Yeah, it was a shooter where you had a certain amount of time to shoot an alien craft that was also shooting at you. And at the end of that time, you ever had the most health left one or something huh. similar to that. Interesting. Uh Mario known from Mario and most, uh, you know, the Mario franchise, super Mario brothers. Uh But most people know the fact that, you know, his first game was donkey Kong. Right. Uh But at the time he was not called Mario
1: for oh. donkey Kong. His name was jump man. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to find the actual Mario Brothers game, not Super Mario Brothers. Mario, Mario Mar- Brothers,
0: where it's it's the mini game that's in there is you you can play it in Super Mario Brothers. Right. One, it's it's, it's like a mini game. <laughs> Yeah. So let's see. Because of the Cold War, a lot of Russian games that were being made didn't make it to the U.S. But one made it via via Nintendo and via Japan and became widely successful, one of the most widely played games ever. And that was Tetris. Yeah, invented doo, by Alexey Paget Pagetnov. I invented it in nineteen eighty four, but it was packaged with the original Game Boy.
1: We apologize to the family of Alexis pagetov
0: Yeah, sorry guys, sorry he <laughs> didn't get the credit he deserved, and sorry, Raul Julia. Uh, fun fact: the first game ever designed for women, with women in mind, was Pac Man. Huh. And the guy Iwatani who made it said that he hated that arcades were being seen as these like guy dens. Right. Smelly and dark. Uh, <laughs> and that a lot of the games that were coming out at the time were very masculine shooting. You were a star commander. You were a race car driver. Uh, and so to have a game that was more purely puzzle based. Hmm. Uh, he wanted to lure in women into the arcade. And Pac-Man was like super successful. Oh, yeah. Uh, A few more Pac-Man facts. Uh, The four ghosts have four different personalities. They all play differently, and they've got names. Uh, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a fun term that I'd never heard before, a four-course meal in Pac-Man, which is where you are able to eat all four of the ghosts on one energy pellet. Oh, wow. It's called four-course meal. Uh, And when Space Invaders was first imported into Japan, it caused a nationwide shortage of the 100 yen coin, which is the most common that is
1: used in arcades. There. Oh wow! Nationwide shortage. <laughs> Those Japanese apparently have always loved their video games. Always. Uh,
0: so yeah, that's it. That's some of the fun arcade trivia. Get you in the 1980s mindset and get us ready to talk about our main segment, Stranger Things season two.
1: And before we do that, if you guys want to look back. Uh, we have a whole pinball episode just about, I think it's oh, episode 46, do. maybe. No, but, uh, it was, it had to have been before. I feel like it had to have been before that earlier. Yeah. But I it's was a great here episode. for it though. Eventually we'll do that again. And we basically do a lot of research and do one topic of research and talk about that all the whole episode. And it was all about pinball and the history of pinball. And it's pretty fascinating. So check yeah, it out. that
0: to this day is still probably the episode I've done the most research for. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But now, Stranger Things, which we didn't have do any research for other than just watching the show. (laughs) That's all we need to do. Uh, So I think it's safe to say, spoiler alert, from this point forward, I'm not going to hold anything back. I don't think German is. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers.
1: uh that my will wife play
0: here so this is where that will play my wife will turn to me on the couch i'll smile at her and she'll shake her head <laughs> it's a good marriage yeah and the best part is i will have been narrating this as it is happening <laughs> in real life she'll love you for that i'm sure she will she
1: will uh so broadly speaking what did you think of this season i think it was um because we didn't have the build up time of getting to know the characters um it felt a little bit more action heavy which isn't a really a problem it's just an observation uh it felt a bit darker because I think a lot of the first half of Stranger Things season one was happier because there's we still had Will wasn't missing yet and we still had everybody and the D&D scenes so there, there was it felt lighter last season this season felt darker in general but I think that's the reason why we just had to jump into that action um See, I kind of, I actually
0: disagree with that. Really? I feel like they, I think the the action in this season was much more actiony action compared to last season. Right. I, I think that distinguishment, but I don't, I think that, I don't think it was more action-heavy in that all the time that last season that they really threw into characters, this season, they took all that time and they did. They invested it back into the characters, but they invested it into these new relationships. Right. There were crazy, long dialogue scenes of just Eleven and Hopper. And then also like in the cabin.
1: Steve and uh, what's
0: his face? Yeah. Uh, uh, Stephen. what's his face? A lot of that. <laughs> uh, I forget um, all
1: the kids names. because Jerk all kinda- face.
0: I'm just going to call him jerk face because I don't like him. Uh, uh, Stephen jerk face. Uh, there was nice long scenes between Winona and Sean Astin, whatever his name was. Bob. Um, so I, I disagree. I think the action was much more actiony. I do agree with that. But I, I think they did a really beautiful job of bringing the characters even further by taking the time to show what these new relationships were.
1: Right. I don't think they didn't, didn't have character development. I was just saying that, uh, that that's why the last season felt lighter to me is because I think we're just lightly getting to know all these characters last season. And this season, we're not getting to know them anymore. We're just seeing how they react to a new situation, which is understandable. It's the second. season. True. Gotta do that. So I, lo- I still really enjoyed it. Um, it just felt. But yeah. Darker, but I didn't I didn't feel over actioned. No, I don't think so. Either. I didn't it's, feel it's Mike, like uh, I didn't feel Michael Bade. It was like going from alien to aliens. Yeah. In a little bit because there's there's more of them. You know, it's kind of similar in that regard because uh and also a Paul Reiser who's also in the alien franchise. But um,
0: <laughs> yeah, there's been a, lot of, compar- the one been a lot of comparisons made.
1: Oh yeah, but you go from the one monster in season one, and then to multiple monsters in this one. It's just like an aliens, and it's more machine guns and and shooting, whereas it was more horror in the last one, kind of thing.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Now you're right. There was a lot more running from things in this season. <laughs> yeah, like just a considerable amount more of running from things.
1: And I know why it had to happen, but my whole thing that I'm upset about with this show was I was like, "Don't you kill Bob? Don't you kill Bob?" And they killed Bob. I knew that they couldn't I knew they wouldn't keep him another season. Oh, he's so he's so good. I though. knew they I would. He him. was
0: good. Um, if anything, I thought that
1: he was a red herring. I thought he was a spy originally for that. Like, exa- that's exactly what I thought. Uh, we, we both have the same suspicious mind, I suppose. Well, yeah. And like in the
0: year after she finds a guy who's willing to accept her and her two sons
1: uh, and is like real sweet about it. Like, yeah. Come on. And he seemed just too good to be true, and I bet like, I bet he's spying on on Will and seeing what his progress is like. But then they show him at the Radio Shack. I'm like, okay, maybe he does actually work for Radio Shack, or maybe it's just a part of maybe the that's cover. His
0: cover job. Yeah.
1: But then no, he was just a really nice, sweet guy.
0: right. <laughs> and I, and I felt amusingly enough, I felt the same way about the Doctor about Paul Reiser.
1: Oh, he had a great arc there because he went from being really careless company guy to I think really caring in these people. You know.
0: Oh yeah. Well, not only that, but. You know, of course, I was waiting for the stereotypical reveal of like, show him doing something evil. Show him laughing maniacally. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> maniacal like, that. like, but maniacal there was maniacal. no but they nobody turned out to be that that villain this season. That's true. And it, that
1: kind of caught me off guard in some ways. Like we really just had the dark evil force. That was the villain. basically.
0: Oh, yeah. That was really the villain. Um, all right. So let's let's go. Let's recap episodes. Sure. Start at the very beginning. Very good place to start. Oh, wow. So we got uh chapter one, Mad Max. Where well, we so kind of get hints
1: of this red haired girl.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's been like a year since uh, since the happenings.
1: What? No.
0: Or just about or coming up on a year. Mm-hmm. That's the last one. Uh the, the show starts with what I thought was a very good scene of, you know, these kids running from the cops and then suddenly one of them you know, makes an explosion and it ends up that it was all in the cop's mind. And then it's revealed that she's eight and there are other numbers out there. Right. And so suddenly the whole world of possibility on that side of the story blows wide open.
1: But, and that's actually one part I didn't like about this whole series, we'll get to that episode later, but features her, but I wasn't hey, a huge fan. Yeah.
0: I, I think they're setting us up for, I think that's next season. Right. Right. Um, so then meanwhile, back in, back in Hawkins, uh, we catch up with all the guys. Uh, they meet a new girl at school, um, who Dustin, who now has teeth suddenly, uh, and uh, and Mike. Is it? Yeah, Mike. Both really Lucas? like Lucas. Lucas, there we go. Uh, <laughs> Dustin and Lucas both really like. I don't do names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lucas became my favorite character this uh, this season. They really did flesh him out a lot more. He was awesome. So. Meanwhile, Mike and Nancy from uh Stephen Nancy. No. Yeah. Stephen Nancy. There we go. God, names are terrible. Let me get the <laughs> IMD. P- P- That's what I little- have up. I know. I've got other pages up. I just need to stop being a dick and get it up.
1: Uh- <laughs> Especially when they have great names like Finn Wolfhard. That's right. It's Mike Wheeler's. That his character, the actor's name is Mike. It's Finn Wolfhard. I can't talk now. was wrong with me?
0: He couldn't go to the premiere, right? Is that the guy?
1: I don't remember that. Why?
0: Uh, the guy who played the weird photographer brother, uh, he got caught with, I think, cocaine going into LAX, and they deported him back to England. Really? Yeah, he missed the premiere of season two. <laughs> Charlie Heaton?
1: Uh, yes, Charlie Heaton. Who was also in The New Mutants, which we're going to be reviewing later in the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he the did trailer. not make it to the premiere. Wow. So, yeah, Nancy
1: and Steve are, like, dealing hard with Barb's death because Barb's parents are still looking for Barb. I think this is all there because the fans all went so crazy over Barb.
0: They did. They had to put it to rest. Now the fans have closure and we could be done with Barb. <laughs> exactly. And now we're going to be mad about Bob. Absolutely. So we get to meet this like head scientist at this government center that replaced Papa from the last movie. Will's been going there because his mom's been taking him. They've offered him free medical care, I guess, is the way it's been posed. Um. And he starts having these episodes. Right. Where he's, he's seeing stuff from the upside down. From the upside down. And the doctor's convinced that it's flashbacks, but it feels really current. And it ends up being current. Right. It really is happened
1: concurrently with their
0: world. Uh, and then the big shocker at the end is Hopper goes back to this cabin in the woods, walks in, and Eleven's there. Eleven's still alive. She's not in the upside down. It is confirmed speculations off the table.
1: There we go. Pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then chapter two uh, is trick or treat freak. Uh, so we get a, we, it starts with them showing what happened to 11, which I thought was really cool. Uh, was that the one that did the flashback of,
1: of everything that happened to her?
0: Yeah. 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 How she like blows part of the Demogorgon and then all of a sudden she's in the upside down. She can't find anyone. And then she sees this light. She dodges some government agents and then she crawls through just a wall of it looks like jello awfulness i don't even know what to say uh and then comes back out into the real world she has to evade government agents ends up hiding in the woods and living basically like a squirrel (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) and eating a squirrel i think
0: yeah and then she robs uh she robs a hunter and steals his his hat and his his uh coat Mm
1: -hmm. and then that's where hopper finds her right and they develop a little relationship together and a cabin and they just basically kind of like a little father daughter thing going on which is nice but she's definitely getting cabin fever as it were
0: oh yeah she wants she wants to go
1: trick-or-treating she thinks she basically says like i could wear a costume no one would know it was me and uh, at the same time the kids the boys they're all trick-or-treating and uh, i think that's when the girl meets up with them and trick-or-treat with them which they're all excited about and will has another attack basically and they're recording it at the same time with Bob's camcorder. So that's why yeah, his, J- his JVC is a little banged up. They, later on, we get to see that it actually is happening to him. and It's not in his head. He's not dreaming. And it's like really happening because it kind of shows up on the camera a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in some sort of like the static, it flashes when she pauses. Right. Or something. It's, it was a strange moment, but I, I liked how they did it. Yeah. It's very well done. It was the equivalent of the Christmas lights. Exactly. And then it, the, the episode ends with, you know, them concluding trick or treating mean oh never mind not conclusion hopper there's a whole subplot we I missed uh the pumpkins the pumpkin patches
1: oh yeah it's the first and second episode of all these pumpkin patches are dying uh these big and they're and not
0: just dying it like falling apart overnight black goo and tar it's and
1: gross. the chief
0: the police chief's trying to figure it out and they all look like maybe something's kind of burst out of them yeah in some way shape or form but definitely dead definitely dead and spreading like crazy and um, then Dustin goes home and there's a, a shaking in his trash can
1: and he opens it up and then they cut. You don't get to see what it is, but we find out in chapter three. It's a little polywog. It's adorable. The
0: polywog. It is adorable. Uh, so it's this little like frog kind of thing. Polywog thing. He names D'Artagnan because he loves three musketeers. And they just call it Dart for short after that, I think. Um, so. I just want to get a little bit deeper into this episode because this episode is one giant homage to Gremlins. That's true. The whole episode. And it was really fun to watch because of that. <laughs> so D'Artagnan uh, can't stand bright light or sunlight. Uh, they, Dustin finds him in the trash and in Gremlins 2, Gizmo is found out amongst the trash he gives him a candy bar which is the same thing that the teacher does in Gremlins before he gets killed by the Gremlin <laughs> there's a lot of Gremlin like noises when D'Artagnan is little and cute the first time he shows him to the, the guys to the gang there's this moment they're kind of cute and there's moment, oh, cute and it's very reminiscent of the way that Corey Feldman responds to Gizmo the first time he sees him <laughs> in Gremlins uh, their instinct is to show it to the science teacher Gremlins
1: he was also uh, one of my favorite characters in, in these two seasons. I love that science. I'm
0: sorry too. he didn't get a little bit more screen time. Yeah, me season. too. Um, and then last but not least, there was this really great moment. And if this wasn't on purpose, and I don't know what this show's all about. Uh, D'Artagnan escapes them. He gets out of the box. He's running. He runs out of the room. The kids are chasing him. And in that scene, there's probably about 15, 10 to 15 seconds where the score changes a little bit. And it basically becomes an homage to the gremlin rag.
1: Hmm.
0: The da, 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 ha, 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 ha. it's but it's the exact key and pitching um I suggest you go back and watch it I'm the if I'm the first one to say it then I feel like a genius but it is absolutely a direct homage to the gremlin rag and 10 to, 10 to 15 seconds it's brilliant uh but because of that this
1: episode of the whole season was my favorite <laughs> understandable it was a really cute episode to watch yeah
0: uh not and only dus- it, doesn't it,
1: want it to be his pet so bad and he was like, he's my friend. He's not evil. And you get to see sort of flashbacks of Hopper
0: and Eleven setting up their life together. And there's a cute little montage of them getting the cabin together.
1: And this is where we thought, uh, where I thought big time that Bob was a spy, uh, because that one scene in this episode where he's in the car with Will and tells him to face his fears, and he he got really intense for a minute there. And I was like, okay, Bob's different than I thought he was, but apparently not. It was just a weird moment for Bob. Yeah, and.
0: Dustin goes to the library and I like how they brought back the librarian from last season <laughs> to the same uh, one. Back, I, th- I thought so. Probably the one that the one that Hopper dates uh, and how she won't let him check out more than five books because he already has five books out and then he just steals them and runs. <laughs>
1: I need these. These are my paddles. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> but, uh, we figure out a little bit more about Will's hallucinations and then they start guessing that D'Artagnan is therefore from the upside down. Right. Uh, Eleven skips the cabin. She's done with it. She's been trapped too long. Uh, and then she goes and she sees Will with Max. And I thought that this, I, I just felt like this show didn't need this.
1: It made it like um, she could have been like upset. And maybe that would have been a funny moment where she knocks her down. But then she's still like friends with him first before having any love interest in him, I would have thought. But right, right,
0: right. And I guess I don't know. It's hard for me to think that like 11 went a year without seeing him. That's all. And then because she saw him laugh with another girl that she just doesn't want to see him anymore. You know, this is her one big chance. Yeah, that was a little odd. I just it, I just felt it was teen drama that just didn't need to be there.
1: But oh, by the way, random side note on IMDb right now, I'm on the page for Stranger Things. There's a giant ad for ego waffles throughout the whole background. <laughs> <laughs> they know their audience, I
0: guess. Anyways. So, Will catches, finds D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan growls at him. Will runs out into the hallway, has another flashback, and we see the shadow monster. Will starts running from it, but then decides to follow Bob's advice and stand up to it, face it. And then it ends with the shadow monster just in and out of Will's face. Yeah. Just, just all of, just uh, just in and out of his body, just everywhere. It absorbs itself inside of him. Or it just, yes, it has planted itself. Uh-uh. Oh. So Will falls unconscious. Um, Joyce goes. Ta- uh, Mom comes, picks him up, takes him home. Um, but he's acting weird and doesn't seems disoriented and doesn't seem to know who anyone is, kind of. And then he starts scribbling on these pages. And then this is the other equivalent to the the uh, the, the lights. lights yeah. From last season, he starts drawing this massive object, and Hopper and Joyce figure out that it's the the pieces go together, and they start assembling this puzzle across the entire house. But then they need Bob to figure out what it actually is. It's well, Hopper map. Hopper figures it out first. No,
1: Bob figured it out. No, because doesn't Hopper? I thought Hopper recognized something. Well, Hopper and, just and said he had to recognized go. that they went together like a puzzle, but they couldn't figure out what it meant. And then so when Bob gets there, he's like, "That's that's that lake. It's a map." And he figured out what it. He says, "Yeah." So he like they no. worked together. I'll figure it out. No, that's yes. not what happens at all. Yes, it Hopper. Is.
0: No, Hopper recognizes because no, no, no. Stop. Listen, this is how the plot happened. <laughs> Hopper recognizes something and goes. He goes, starts digging that hole, gets falls into the hole and dies. So then Joyce needs Bob to help her figure out the map so she can find Hopper. Hopper did not tell her where he was going.
1: I thought Hopper dug there because he just knew that that's where the things were dying. He, he recognized something first. And he didn't tell her what he recognized? Yeah. He said he was going to go check it out, I think. All right. Well, I got to rewatch
0: that. All right. Well, you should because I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, meanwhile, Nancy and Jonathan are up to some stuff. They know the government's watching them, and so they set up a fake meeting with Barbs' mom. <laughs> right. So that the so that they can confront the government agents, but they end up just getting taken. I think they want to get taken, or at least confront them. I don't know. They seem scared. I don't think it's the way they thought it was going to go. Right. So then they take him to the government lab. Dr. Owen shows them like the the hell vagina that's there. (laughs) Just that awful thing that's there. The big, the pit into the other side, into the upside down. Oh, Nancy secretly records his admission that the the portal, it was directly linked to, to, to Barb's death. And so now they're on this mission to find this investigator who's investigating Barb's death. Right. And I think this is the episode that uh, Dart eats the cat, right? Uh, yeah, that's the end. Dustin comes home to figure out that Dart's gotten out of his cage and then finds him eating his mom's cat. And then that is when they really show that it's some sort of demigorgon.
1: Right. Because the face when it's little,
0: up. right, when it's little, you can't really see it. But now you, you are sure that that is somehow related to that.
1: And also, meanwhile, uh, Eleven is seeing her mom through her visions. Well, she knows her mom's out there. So she wants right. to go find her.
0: And then she has an argument with Hopper and just ditches. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then Hopper goes out to the field, digs in, finds this cave thing that is obviously somehow upside down related. There are these vines inside. He gets hit in the face with this like cloud of dust stuff. And then he passes out. Yeah, it's all that upside down dust. And then he gets eaten by the cave. It absorbs him into the ground. Yep. Uh, chapter five is Dig Dug. So, Will sees Hopper in the caves, and then Joyce, that's when she recruits Bob, start helping her figure out this map. And I think he uh, identifies, like, Lover's Lake or something that's, like, a heart shape. Yeah. And that was how he first figures it out. And then he gives them an approximation of where he thinks it is, and her and the kids head out to go rescue Hopper. Uh, meanwhile, we get to catch up with Nancy and Jonathan, who are talking with the conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist gives them the great idea of, like, you're never going to prove, if you go with, like, there's a hell portal down there. You're going to sound crazy. The public will you have be it, on your side. Right. But if you have the admission from him that the, that's whatever's down there killed Barb and then you could say it was like a chemical leak or something.
1: It'll Barb still take still, them down, but it it'll won't. still
0: get the justice that Barb deserves. Right. So that becomes their plan. They mail
1: it out. Is that right? They make like a bunch of
0: copies and mail it out to a bunch of people.
1: Yeah. Different like uh, news organizations. But also he convinces them to have sex. So there is that. I mean
0: him, him and the vodka.
1: <laughs> yeah. Feeding underage kids, you know,
0: convince them had se- to have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Not creepy at all. So let's see. So, yeah, they do that. Uh, Dustin traps D'Artagnan in the basement. Uh, Lucas tells Max what happened last year, and she thinks he's lying. She thinks he's full of shit. Mm-hmm. And then Dustin. This is one of my favorite duos of the season. Was the Dustin and Steve mashup? Oh yeah,
1: it's becoming very popular.
0: Oh yeah, and like and him taking advice from Steve, and that sort of that older brotherly kind of role i just thought that was it was endearing and also really really a character endearing. we
1: still haven't mentioned uh the opposite of that one that wasn't very impactful was the new bully oh the brother yeah the brother of max yeah jerk face i don't even know his name billy hargrove apparently
0: yes um i didn't that was another one of those uh, the one of the other parts that just felt forced and i didn't understand why it needed to be there
1: Apparently, the Duffer Brothers said that it, he was there basically to show how much Steve has grown and how much better of a person Steve is now. Right. Uh, and this guy's just a straight-up jackass. So. Right. But it wasn't. It wasn't really necessary. Uh, I I just thought it was to show
0: that between last season and this season, Steve has still not learned how to fight. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was what was going on. You can still get lucky with demogorgons, though. That's right. I mean, when you have a bat with nails in it, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, But yeah, I love that pair up. I thought that was that was fun. So Eleven goes and visits Mama Mm -hmm. uh, and is able to communicate with her mom. But all she gets is a series of words kind of over and over and over and over again. And then through this and through these flashbacks with Eleven and her mom, it reveals this story of exactly what happened. Um, And basically Eleven's mom trying to rescue her from the center and then getting taken and purposefully given like. A dose of electric shock just to mess her up, like to 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 put her in this state so she can never talk. Right, and won't we'll complain about our daughter being missing. So suddenly, Eleven knows exactly what happened. She knows that the who the bad guys are. She's filled with anger. And that's when she finds Eight and goes to find her because she sees her in her vision in in the the targeting or the upside down or whatever the hell it is. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Joyce, Bob, and everyone are able to go. They do find Hopper. Uh, they pull him out and right as things are looking dire, all of a sudden, the government agents show up in suits and pull everyone out, and they start setting things on fire. And that's when we realize that whatever this tunnel thing is and all the vines are somehow connected to will, Cause Cause as soon as they're, they're set on fire, he starts freaking out and he's in terrible, terrible pain. End of episode. end of episode. <laughs> uh, we start with Will in the lab where they're they've got him under observation trying to figure out what happened to him. He seems to not. He has memory loss and doesn't quite know who everyone is and not quite up on current events. Um, And that's when the doctor basically says it's some sort of virus from the other side. That's what he compares it to, at least. Right.
1: But eventually they've uh, uh, Mike. Is that his name? The other kid? Maybe (laughs) brown haired kid, brown haired kid. The other brown haired -haired kid. kid. Uh, He thinks that he's basically a spy for the shadow man. He knows and, they're connected some way internally and they figure yeah. it out. So he knows that they can't talk around him because will was a spy for the shadow man. Yeah.
0: So then they come up. So then meanwhile, the rest of the kids, because while they're at this government agency, will and Mike and, and Hopper, uh, the kids who are dealing with the Demodogs dogs don't have any, any adult supervision. So they're coming up <laughs> with their own plan. They decide they're going to lure all the Demodogs dogs to, um, D'Artagnan, not all of them. They only know about one. They're going to lure D'Artagnan to this junkyard and try to trap him or to show Max. Oh, that's what it is. To show Max that it's real. Right. But also they want to trap him and kill it. Not knowing that there are dozens of these things. Yeah. And that they have basically led themselves into a trap. A very good sequence. Very fun. Right. right, right. Uh, And they're about to get rocked when all of a sudden all the demodogs have to go. And that is when we realized that that Will, who claimed to have inside information, sent the government agents to an area that he led them to believe was like a weak spot, I think. Right. Like the heart of the creature. The heart of the creature. And they get there and there's nothing there except for demodogs eating them.
1: All of them.
0: And ends up Will is, has, been, has been the spy this whole time. Oh. He has not been spying on the, the dark creature. The dark creature has been spying on them. Uh, and then it ends with the Demodogs tracing the government agents back to the lab, and then them coming up out of the pit at the government lab where Will and Mike and Hopper and Bob and they're Joyce all there. and every and they're all there. And then we have an episode break. Oy. So this, yes, this one is pretty much been panned consistently as the least favorite episode of the entire season.
1: I think the bad thing is, well, I guess we'll say what it is. Basically, Eleven goes to find her sister, Eight, uh she saw it in her visions, or in the upside-down weird world. Uh You're right. But she's in New York, I believe. Chicago. Chicago. So she gets yep. on a bus to Chicago uh, to find her, and apparently her her sister is a criminal who is going around killing everyone that was involved with the project. And has gathered, like, a gang of... professional anarchists or misfits yeah i don't know and it gets very violent it feels like a whole different feel and tone and everything maybe i'm hoping guessing that was on purpose like this girl lives in a totally different world than 11 does but i would have preferred it if they intersplice this with another story like they have in the rest of the episodes like okay cut back and forth yeah the the whole episode
0: was really a bit much
1: Like, the A and B story would have been great, but this is just too much And this story. People you don't care about and very unlikable characters. So, yep, I think it was a misfire. This
0: feels like the kind of episode that was written in to meet, like, a time restriction for filming. (laughs) Just, like, to add in time? Well, no, like, we can do it. We can, while the main cast is, because Eleven's not in a ton of this season, realistically. Right. Um, you know, while the main cast does the most part of the season, we can have a second unit go and film a whole episode
1: of where all people. they need
0: is 11 and all these different people. And no one else has to be the same.
1: Maybe. Right. But they could have cut this entire storyline. It would have made no, no difference to me whatsoever.
0: Like- I, I think that really the whole point of the storyline is to show that other numbers are out there. They brought up the possibility that Papa is still alive. Mm hmm. Um. And I think they, they at least hinted at that uh, that there are some numbers working for the government. Oh, like beyond 11 or before 11 before eight, you know, there is a one through seven right. and a nine and 10 somewhere in theory in theory. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that was that whole episode. In the end, 11 decides she has to go back and help her friends. She leaves her sister to her life of crime. And gets on a bus and goes back. Probably the whole episode was the purpose of giving her a makeover. I just, yes, that she did get a punk rock makeover. (laughs) I just want to know where she keeps getting all this bus money from. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, she took the money out of the woman's purse. They showed a shot of her. Oh, that's right. Looking at her purse and going, what? And that was it. So I was like explaining that away. Right.
0: Uh, So meanwhile, back in the main plot. (laughs) Back where we care again. Yeah, back where I give a crap. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> then we get to player. see that we
0: get to see the creature come the creatures, the demodogs mm-hmm. come out of the ground and just lay waste to everyone.
1: None No of our one lead is characters safe. Yet.
0: None of the lead characters, they all manage to get away, lock themselves in rooms, uh they trap themselves in a security room, they can see on the cameras what's happening everywhere. Uh and then right as they're about to make their move, the power goes out. And so suddenly they're trapped because all the doors and stuff and elevators are now not going to work. So Bob decided that he is the most, he is the one that's most able to go down into the basement and reset the servers or whatever. Because he knows basic programming
1: language because he knows a programming language. I love the line though, where um, Hopper, the more because Hopper was the jock in high school and Bob was the nerd and he still is. Right. And he's like, uh, you can't do it, Hopper. He's like, why not? He's like, it, it requires, you know, you have to know basic. It's a language. He's like, well, teach it to me. He's like, I could just as quickly teach you Spanish, uh, Hopper. <laughs> you <laughs> want to learn
0: French too? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I thought that was a great little moment.
0: Uh, so, they, my, meanwhile, they use the cameras to successfully get Bob down there. Bob does successfully restart everything. Mm-hmm. He gets to be the big hero, which I thought was nice. Uh, he almost escapes when. He comes through. He's like within shouting distance of Joyce and everyone, and then a dog jumps on him, bites the crap out of him, just kills him, mauls him, and then all of them all and they all maul him. They all just maul him. Bob's gone. <laughs> so sad. Um. So then they figure out that um that Will is connected to the monster, and everyone now that the main gang is rejoined with the the group that was at this facility, and they realize that they need to get Will. Into a place where he won't recognize anything. So they cover up the shed,
1: which was stupid because he's still right next to his house. But they put him in the shed and cover up all the, the walls, make like it's all silver. Uh, but then they're trying to get new will out of there, out of that or get the creature out of his mind. But then they he hears the phone ring, a phone he recognizes as his home phone. And that's how knows he, where he is suddenly. So he can tell all the Demodogs to come to that location.
0: Yeah, but now, mind you, meanwhile, through all this, they realize that Will is tapping a message in Morse code that spells out close gate. Right. And so that becomes now that's their goal. And that's the mission is they've got to close the gate to end all this. Which kind of makes easy sense. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So now the last chapter, the gate, uh, they start at the buyer's house. All the demodogs are there. They know that Will is there everyone's inside huddled down ready to start fighting off demodogs and probably die and then all of a sudden you just hear just demodogs getting ripped apart shrieking and things being thrown around outside and then all of a sudden there she is the hero 11 the badass with her punk rock makeover in the doorway come with me if you want to live (laughs) saves everyone It's pretty badass uh, we get to enjoy a few nice moments where everyone's back together before they realize, ah, we still got stuff to do.
1: We still have to get get that creature out of Will, basically. Yeah.
0: So Hopper and Eleven are going to go and try to close the portal. Um, meanwhile, Jonathan, Joyce, and Nancy are going to try to the, the the one thing we know about the creature that's living inside Will is that he likes it cold. Right. So they're trying to heat him up. So they so they put put him in front of heat lamps and in front of the the boiler. Um, and they're going to try to roast this creature out of him. Meanwhile, everyone else, Mike Dustin, the rest of the gang, and, St- and Steve are kind of left just doing nothing, and I thought that was weird. That was, I even, when we were watching it, I made a mental note of it. I was like, so really? They're just going to do nothing for the rest of this? Uh, and then we get, to, we get like a Lord of the Rings reference, basically, where they're going to go distract the Eye of Sauron to keep the demodogs on them. Right. Uh, so that Eleven and Hopper can successfully get in to the gate, and it works, and it works. Yeah, yeah, they they go down into one of the holes, the tunnels. They go to the sort of the central cavity, and they just set the whole thing on fire and cause a big enough distraction. Meanwhile, they almost get caught, but then it ends up. Oh, it's D'Artagnan, Dustin. Distracts him. I felt like that was really
1: tenuous too. That I like that part. I it was. I didn't mind that so much.
0: It felt really. It felt a little bit
1: forced. It kind of did. But it gave him the. Uh, it shows they're not just pure evil creatures, which is I guess right. Important. right. Three, are,
0: yeah, the three musketeers and right. Yeah, and so he lets them go. Uh, they successfully escape. Uh, Eleven closes the portal successfully, mm-hmm. and saves the day. And then we have the epilogue scene, which is fantastic yeah uh we get to see uh that the lab got shut down after the investigation barb is finally pronounced dead her parents have closure uh and dr owens paul riser is not the villain and has pretty much proven himself to not be the villain which yep. is kind of surprising in my book uh and is able to give a, a fake birth certificate for levin but still tells hopper that he probably you know they got need to lay low for another year
1: yeah but you can go which out means for one night for was it prom the the winter dance
0: or something winter Winter something because they're not even high school yet yeah uh and so we get to see all the guys go to a dance including a really nice endearing scene with dustin and steve where steve gives him like final advice on what to do with the ladies and how to do his hair (laughs) um and like an almost john hughes kind of 16 candles moment of dustin going and having a couple heartbreaking moments asking girls to dance yeah, and then and then Nancy asking him to dance, and and everyone seeing him dancing with the hot high school chick,
1: <laughs> and then finally we get to see Eleven come in all dressed up, and her and Mike get to have their dance and their kiss.
0: Yeah, which is is nice. It was the payoff this season needed. Uh, I do also like that Will, uh, got a, a zombie boy got a dance. Yeah, like I like that they threw that character a bone because that character got the crap kicked out of him for two seasons straight. <laughs> like you nice to dance, zombie one- boy. One decent thing happened to him. And Lucas gets to dance with Max. That's cool. And then they pull out, you know, the the music's still playing. The dance is still going on. And they pull out over the school. And then there, over the school, is the monster. In the Upside Down. In the the Upside Down, just waiting, watching. It's like you can't get to
1: them because it's right outside of their dimension. But I can feel their presence. But it it knows that, that they're there. So I do wonder where they're going to go for next season, because uh,
0: I think we're going to see more, uh, more of the the other numbers. I can almost guarantee it. Right. Including, I bet we'll see at least one working for the government. You know, one of the early, one of the early ones,
1: one, two or three. They all seem to have different abilities, too, like slightly different mental abilities.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that I bet you the government will find some other way in and actually be trying to reproduce the portal. Somebody crazy. Right. Maybe even Papa, who is end up still being alive, is brought in to because it was his project and he's he's brought he's brought in to bring it back on track.
1: Because the whole point of the project was to to pull matter from another dimension to use it for energy. Is that what the whole point was? Or initially it was. Um, well, it was to, to spy on the Russians somehow. Remember, oh, she yeah.
0: like enters that black space. They showed it a little bit when she spies on Will in this season. Yeah, that she was enters her, that um, complete black viewing, space, basically. Right. Remote viewing. And then she can dial it on one place in time. And they have to use the
1: upside down somehow to do that.
0: Right. Right. Well, I think it was in the up in that dark space is the first time she encountered the Demogorgon, if I remember correctly, like a sensor or something. But no, I think it opened up next season to a lot of good stuff. The guys will just be starting high school in theory. That's true. Because I think it's ninth grade is next. And so then, you know, 11 will be with them just in time for high school. I I hope they do something with that jerk brother character, because otherwise, why the hell was he around? Yeah, he was
1: just there to be a douche.
0: Yeah, just there to be a dick. <laughs> and and I, what I thought was that they really didn't want us to feel bad for the terrible thing that was going to happen to him. Like, I thought that was what they were doing. And that isn't what happened. So I, I just don't know. Yeah, he didn't really have to be there at all. Um, but overall, I think a great season makes me excited for next one. Bring it on. Stranger Things all the way.
1: And I've heard the Duffer Brothers talking about how they love the the working with Netflix because they have all this creative freedom. It's fantastic, but they do not like the fast pace they have to work at because of the kids aging. <laughs> they, oh yeah. They said Otherwise they would definitely take at least two years between seasons just to make them perfect. Um, but they said we can't because the kids are going to age too quick. So we, we have a story yeah. we want to tell. It's got, it has a definite end. Um, They don't know if that'll be four or seven seasons, but they, I don't know, but I,
0: I think they did it the right way this time. Well, everything where, was great. Yeah, where where it was, it was just a year later. Yeah, so it didn't matter that kids were a year older because it was a year later. And but, then this next one, you know, they've established that eleven needs to stay in hiding
1: for another year. So nothing. will so be a year mm-hmm. later. Nothing of you consequence know, it, will happen for a year. Exactly.
0: Right. But no, I, overall, I think it's a great season. Just a great season. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed it. Stranger Things it's
1: highly recommend. One of the most uh, well-made shows on today.
0: Absolutely, Let's safely say that.
1: I also heard that speaking of the episode that I talked about, uh,
0: Pollywog. Uh, the Duffer brothers, they love Dustin so much from last season that they really wanted to give him a stepped up part. Mm. And so that one of the main central concepts going into them writing this season was Dustin gets a creature. <laughs> I like it. Dustin and something cute.
1: <laughs> basically, yeah. The, all the other boys got more screen time this, this season, whereas uh, Mike got the least. And he's he was like the lead basically last year but he got oh, the, absolutely he got the least screen time this time which is fine share the love you know
0: oh yeah absolutely and i think they did they did spread it out a lot more accordingly right i think it was great this season and mike still got his moments
1: and i like the advice there the parallels that lucas got for how to uh talk to women and then how what steve gave his advice oh <laughs> had, yeah he yeah he yeah. treat him like crap you know and then uh, lucas's dad's like they're always right and he's like but what, what about when she's wrong and he's like she's never wrong <laughs> i love that. <laughs>
0: Down at the arcade, the Defender
1: is there Down off of Broadway, he's there playing his games It's very dangerous, putting money down on Overtron
0: Oh, I'm the great Defender, and I really know just how to get along Down at the arcade, down at the arcade
1: So I believe you have a
0: game for us, sir. Uh, so we talked about arcade games earlier, and there were a lot of arcade games and a lot of them kind of ridiculous names. Uh, and this also kind of came at the advent uh, in the 70s and 80s of the big sci-fi cra- craze on television. Uh, Star Trek had done it, and everyone was trying to sort of remake that, that fame. Battlestar Galactica got close, but a lot of others really, really failed. Uh, so I've got a little game here. Uh, called uh, Arcade Game or Failed Sci-Fi Show. Oh, boy. Because I could not come up with a clever name to make that work. <laughs> so I'm going to name a failed sci-fi show or an arcade game from the same era, and German has to tell me which is which. Now, will any of them be both? There was one that was both. I was thinking of throwing it in for for bonus points, but I decided against it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, The Phoenix. The Phoenix is the name of both an arcade game and a sci-fi show from the time. That's funny. All right. Are, are you ready to play arcade game or failed sci-fi show?
1: Let's do it. All
0: right. Galaxian three. That is a, a game.
1: Arcade game. That
0: that is, an, that is an arcade game. Good work. I played it. All right. Pit fighter.
1: That was a arcade game. Darn. Good work. I played that one, too. <laughs>
0: Genesis 2
1: see that was a game system but not an arcade I think it's a TV show that is a sci-fi show failed sci-fi show (laughs) that's probably terrible future cop I don't remember seeing that one I will say show failed TV show
0: Uh, that is a sci-fi show yeah you're running a perfect game right now (laughs) don't jinx it All right. that's what I did
1: last time I know (laughs) salvage one hmm you know that sounds like a really boring game but maybe it could be a decent TV show so I'm going to go TV that
0: show is, that is a sci-fi show Good work. Yeah. Gemini Man
1: this one will get me probably but I don't think that's a TV show I'm going to go with game I'm sorry that is a failed sci-fi show fuck <laughs> Galaxy Force. Uh, going for arcade game. That is an arcade game. Alright. Never heard of that one though. That was just a guess. Pursuit. That sounds like a really basic arcade game. That is a really basic arcade game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Chase the thing on the screen.
0: <laughs> time pilot.
1: Mmm. Time
0: pilot. Uh TV show. That is an arcade game. I'm sorry. All right. This is the final one. Arc 2. That has to be a game. No, I'm sorry. That's a sci fi
1: show. They called it something two?
0: Yeah. It was the second arc. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. That's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But you had a
0: very good game. You got seven out of 10 correct. That ain't bad. The only ones you missed were Arc 2, Gemini Man, and Time Pilot. And those were all TV shows. Uh, Arc and Gemini Man were were uh, sci-fi shows. Time Pilot was a game.
1: Time Pilot. Well, very nice. Yeah, even more arcade history there for you folks.
0: Bam, even more throwing just shoving it down your throats. Enjoy.
1: So that takes us some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here at A Play On Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is
0: so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn it. Fahrenheit 451
1: style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Uh,
0: We'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank.
1: And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash
0: disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system
1: for A Play on Nerds. So, the first one we got today uh, is something that Steven loves, which is ghosts. Oh, I just love it. <laughs> so it's- and not only ghosts, local ghosts. Right. This is uh, Winchester, the house that ghosts built. And it's about a real house that's right next to where Steve lives.
0: Uh, Literally. Three quarters to a mile, of a mile to a mile away from me. I pass it every day when I'm getting onto the the freeway to go to work. That's crazy. Now this could be it a it whole- is literally it is literally on the freeway. <laughs> this this mystery mansion filled with ghosts is is just littered with noise pollution twenty four hours a day. Jeez, oh,
1: and this could be a preternatural penetration of its own because it's a history historical house. Uh, the uh, owner was a. The widow of Mr. Winchester, the guy who the famous Winchester rifles, Right. And she had a lot of money left to her and people are trying to get her money. They thought she was going crazy because she had built this gigantic nuts house that has stairways going to nowhere, doors going to nowhere.
0: and, And the ghost part of the story is that, at least in the real life, and they didn't really get into this too much in the trailer. Uh, is that she was haunted by all of the victims that were killed by her husband's rifles,
1: and they were all telling her how to build this house, basically, and they they compelled
0: her to build and build, and if the, she ever the day she stopped building is the day she would die, basically.
1: And people were trying to prove that she was insane, so they could, they could somehow get her money. Um, meanwhile, she's spending it all on building this gigantic house out yeah. in San Jose, California. Uh, and I have been
0: on the Winchester Mystery House tour. Oh, cool. Uh, they're really the craziest thing is that there are a lot of rooms and doors to nowhere just to nothing right like doors from kitchens that that open out onto like just into into nothing <laughs> Uh, and she had really bad arthritis late in her life and so a lot of the stairs that were built late are these really low rise to run ratios so like each stair is only two inches higher Jeez. so they like they, they're like these wraparound staircases that only go up one floor Because you have to go up like 170 stairs Because they only go up two inches each Wow Just that kind of stuff It was a very neat tour, it's a very cool house Uh, But you know, ghosts aren't real So it's all mumbo jumbo It's gargantuan seven-storied structure With no apparent rhyme or reason Each maze of halls More confusing than the next It's under never-ending construction It is built on the orders of a grieving widow. Sarah Winchester is the majority
1: shareholder of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. You want to take it away from her?
0: We're worried about her sanity, Dr. Price. Do you believe in ghosts, Doctor?
1: I do not believe in anything I cannot see or study. I can feel it in the air, in the walls. This spirit has a power we've not seen before. It has found us. But the good thing about the movie trailer, it looks like they're leaving it very scary. And there's there's ghosts and apparitions in the trailer, but it could still be played off in the movie that they're seeing these things because she tells these stories and they start going a little crazy themselves right um, so maybe they won't say in the end whether or not it really is ghosts, which could make it just a good historical movie and it's got yeah. great, great actors in it um, Helen Mirren plays Lady Winchester so she's fantastic yeah. actors uh, but I don't know they, I,
0: I do agree I feel like the trailer felt almost
1: non-committal, which is good and they, that way they can get people who aren't so into the ghost stuff but into the history like the historical aspect of it so what do you think Ah, uh, burn it or uh, don't don't waste a match. <laughs> Jeez, but it looks so well made. No, but not only
0: is it a ghost film, but it's a, a house that here is like just it for me personally. It's like a kitschy amusement. It'd be like going to see a, a scary movie about Disney World.
1: I'd see a scary movie. About like Disney it's like World.
0: a kitschy local attraction for tourists. It's a tourist trap. So for me to imagine it as a sort of fearful location is just difficult. <laughs> Well, I, I thought that I paid, I paid $20 to walk through that haunted house. So just-
1: Strangely enough, you'll do that, but you won't watch this movie for free. <laughs> no, because that's- my parents aren't in town and we don't entertain them. Oh, that's what you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the acting looks, looks really good. Well written It's well shot. It looks like a really high quality production. So, um, I'm definitely going to give it a buck.
0: All and- right. Fair enough. So
1: I'll probably see this movie before I go out there and visit you and make you go to the tour again. Ugh, that's terrible. <laughs> What's our All next right, movie? so
0: our other trailer this week is New Mutants, a offshoot from the X-Men universe uh, based on a comic series of the same title um, that is a horror X-Men film, right? from what I can tell. And apparently, the the comic is the same way. Apparently,
1: oh, I didn't know that. Okay,
0: uh, but yeah, the, these kids are are tricked into believing that they've been accepted into Xavier, uh, you know, Xavier's school for young gifted mutants, and they end up getting trapped at this like underground government facility mental hospital, where they are plagued by visions, which is obviously just some sort of mutant that has some sort of power to do such a thing, right? Like if that's we're not playing with ghosts, we're playing with mutants, so that's what it is. Um, So Steve's okay with it. (laughs) I am. Uh, Yes. Yes. Because there's a mutant doing it. I know something's happening. (laughs)
1: I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I want you to respond truthfully. Have you ever hurt someone? Yes. Have you ever experienced anything you'd consider? Abnormal. Last question. Do you know what mutants are? Did you know baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous than adult ones? They haven't learned how to control how much venom they secrete. All of you are dangerous. That's why you're here. in the hospital it's house you've been through a lot get some rest
0: so it looks dark it's got an interesting cast it's got some some sort of like young actors to be watched including the brother from stranger things uh, and the girl who was just recently in Split, and which was really good, Arya Maisie Stark. Williams, yep. shows up. Um, I think it looks interesting. I don't think I could really tell enough about it from this trailer to know what I'm getting myself into.
1: I said the same thing. I'm like, I don't exactly know what the plot really is. Like, what's the end game here? Are this the whole movie is about them trying to escape? Right. Or is there more to it? I just feel like there's not much to it right now. Right. Um, so I'm going to give it a uh, we'll see. I said the same thing. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, see. Uh, we'll see what trailer two for this has in store. And I might even wait for like reviews and be like, oh, it was great. It wasn't great, but there wasn't a whole lot going on. there. There's a lot of flashy images and Arya Stark didn't even get any lines. So I'm upset about that. Oh, yeah. She screamed a lot. But yeah, no lines. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so now that brings us to Radical Recommends.
1: If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So for my radical recommend this week, I happened upon a little TV show. Easy, very palatable, 23 minutes each episode called Ghosted. It's been pretty heavily um, advertised for, I think it's on Fox, uh, but it's with... um, It's got Adam Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. Yeah, Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. I just found it. Uh, And... They're a great pairing. Uh, We don't have too many buddy cop shows anymore. They're big in the 70s and 80s. And so this really goes back to that and makes no apologies about it. Very silly, very ridiculous humor. Uh, But really, from episode one, it just jumps you right into the action. There's barely any lead up or exposition. It's just kind of you learn about the characters as they go. And it's just really funny. It's just they're a great pairing, great chemistry. And even though I've heard Adam Scott's kind of a jerk, they seem to get along really well. So that's what I think I'm going to chalk this up to funny X-Files. Yeah, absolutely. But the funny part is, it's two people who are just normal guys who get thrust into this agency. Uh, In the first episode, this guy comes back from the future and says, the only way to save everyone is to find these two guys. They'll know what to do. They, he calls them agents, um, even though they're not agents. There's regular guys. One's a professor um, and the other one is a ex-police officer who's now a security guard. Okay. Uh, but then they, they're they forced into this underground agency like Men in Black or X-Files to go hunt down ghosts and ghouls and monsters and stuff. And they're just so inexperienced. And they know what the hell they're doing. Wow. So It's really funny. It's just really cute. It's You can watch an episode real quick while you're doing something else. But it's cute. I recommend it. Okay ghosted check it out
0: everyone yeah uh mine is also a show and this one comes from netflix because everyone is making fun of them and poking fun of them for doing a lot of like original programming right now and i've been one of those people but they're getting it right a lot of the time it's true like they really are uh and the one that i've been enjoying recently is big mouth it is an animated series and it i've never had a show more perfectly demonstrate what it is to be a middle school boy. Uh it's a lot of comedic uh people that you know and love from shows like Parks and Rec and uh The League. Uh and they all voice these animated characters that are just two middle school boys dealing with uh puberty. Puberty is represented by this hormone monster that is a literal like it's a it's an imaginary character, but it's just this monster that like is constantly there. Think about the devil on devil on your shoulder idea. Gotcha. But it's it's hormones. It flares up and it flares up. And, it flares up and it's like, yeah, you know, there's just some great moments of like, yeah, reach over and hold her hand and then fuck her face. Oh like, <laughs> god, That's <laughs> terrible. It's like, no. and his, Yeah. That's the best part is like then he has these conversations, this hormones like, no, stop saying that. <laughs> um, but I, I, I genuinely can say that I've never had a show really capture what it is wrestling with hormones as a middle schooler the way that Big Mouth does. Very cool. And and, like, I, and and both from a, a male and women's perspective because there's also a female hormone monster voiced by Maya Rudolph that is and just an absolutely brilliant character as well. Oh, she's a great actress. Um, so Big Mouth
1: on Netflix, I highly recommend it for everybody. Very cool. They keep pushing at my face, advertising it. So they must. Yeah, know we I'll finally like it. we finally broke down and did it, and, and it it was worth it. And Ghost is on Hulu, folks. You can check that out on Hulu.
0: Oh, cool! I've got Hulu too.
1: There you go. All right, so a little small thank you section of uh, Sean Vanderloo on Twitter said about our last episode, which was our 666 Halloween Spooky Spectacular, where we reviewed uh, Freddy, Friday the 13th, uh, Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street 6, the sixth movie in all their franchises. Uh, he said, love this episode, makes me want to have a five-day horror film marathon. <laughs> and we don't recommend it with these films, but go ahead, Sean.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you that's how you want to waste your time, you do it. <laughs>
1: I'm sure you have better movies and TV shows you need to be watching. Don't bother. Please watch anything else. (laughs) Go for our radical recommends instead. (laughs) So we're sorry we put you through that, guys. That last week's episode. That was pretty rough for everyone.
0: Hey, we all made it out on the other side together. We did. That's the important thing. We made it through the horror movies alive, And we're all closer friends now.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, As always, we will continue to be your nerdy hosts as long as you keep being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet.
1: Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on
0: Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and
1: fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform, so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how.